Blog Talk Radio. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. How can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're back. This is John Edward calling. So humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the team. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good. Good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know? <laughs> One more. Okay. Please, it's going to be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh, my God. I was just going to anybody. <laughs> you were talking to Michael. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's April 4th, 2011. Gosh, already April. 
I'm your host, Michael Carboni. You're listening to Be The Light Now Radio. We're going to have another interesting evening, to say the least. Have everything prepared for tomorrow. More storms are on the way, so we just got to batten down the hatches again. should be another bumpy morning. So we have a... Go ahead and bring him on in just a moment here. Let me get the switchboard set up. Lines are open, by the way. You can go ahead and give us a call at 347-539-5349. We have a very wonderful author, speaker, and mind power coach, James Goy. Hello, James. Welcome to the show. Hello, Michael. It's nice to be here. Thank you. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. Uh, Goy, correct. Okay. Uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I am a um, mind power coach, basically, a speaker, and like you say, an author. My first book is How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. And uh, I've been studying this sort of thing uh, for a little more than 30 years now, I guess. And uh, it was just seemed like a very natural progression that... Uh, you know, as over the years, to varying degrees, I moved into teaching this type of thing. And I chose money in particular as my my theme or attracting money because uh, over the years when I would be uh, teaching, I would always find that people um, universally almost um, would have problems attracting money even though they knew metaphysical technique and knew how to attract other things into their lives. Uh, so many seem to still struggle with money itself, and that's why I, I really wanted to take a good hard look at that and write a very simple to follow resource to um, help people to attract um, the money that they want and need into their lives. I believe that it's uh, it's right to do so, and it's within our ability to do so. And uh, once we know how, and if we focus on it and stay focused to enough of a degree, we we can do that. So that's what I try to help people do. What's uh, one of the uh, easiest ways to begin? One of the easiest ways to begin in this uh, whole realm of attracting, uh, I guess, is to make a study of it, like I first did when I started finding these types of books. You know, the subject is either going to resonate with someone or it isn't. Uh, I find that people who hear of the subject for the first time, it either excites them or uh, you know scares them or turns them off and i don't find that that in my experience changes a whole lot so in other words if a person is open um they if they understand that this subject is out there because a lot of people just aren't really that aware of it uh, is just to start to study you know we're talking about uh mind power we're talking about metaphysical uh techniques which have been studied and and practiced and taught for hundreds and even thousands of years. And um, they do work. Anybody can prove that to themselves in a very short uh, time span. And so I tell people to, you know, number one, open your mind. Number two, learn the techniques. And number three, start to apply them. Number four takes care of itself, I guess, which is you're going to start seeing the results, which is going to motivate you to want to learn, uh, study, and apply even more, and it's just a natural progression. And people who are suited to this seem to fall right into it, and uh, really, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s, when they finally get this understanding, they really come into their own, 
and uh, people can begin to live their their truest life uh, at any age um, once they understand that the limits they thought they had, uh, whether it's financial or otherwise, are to a large degree self-imposed or imposed from outside of us and we've accepted them, which becomes basically for practical purposes self-imposed. Uh, because we reinforce and keep those things alive. And when we understand that there's, you know, really what amount to simple techniques for overcoming these types of things and that we're capable of so much more, it's really an exciting time for a person in their lives. And uh, it can happen at any age. What's uh, one thing that uh, some of the listeners can do right now to start attracting money into their lives? Well, the... You know, the first chapter in my book is desire, and I tell people that um, it's a good idea to understand and to really admit to yourself that you want more money, because a lot of people, who, especially people who try to be spiritual or metaphysical, you know, they have these negative uh, ideas about money, whether they've been imposed on them from childhood or their experiences, and they are reinforced as we go through life. And really, you know, to know that it's okay, first of all, to have more, and that it's okay to fan the desire to have more, especially if you're going to do good things with it, like eat, have a home, have a car, help, you know, support other people, raise your children, help organizations that you care about. So it's really about increasing your desire because if you had enough desire, if your desire was strong enough, even without having metaphysical um, a, a metaphysical foundation or understanding, you'd probably have more than you have now because if you look at the people in our society who are really driven, some of them don't know anything about mind power or metaphysics. But yet if you dissect and study their lives and their mindsets and their actions, you'll find that they're applying a lot of the mind power techniques. Um, so the first thing is to know that it's okay to have a lot more money and then to fan that desire to a certain degree, to get it to where you will want to and where you will be motivated to do more than you've been doing up to this point. Um, I opened that first chapter with a quote from Robert Collier. And that quote is, uh, desire is the great moving power of the mind, that which excites into action the will and powers of the individual. It is at the bottom of action, emotion, or expression. And uh, that's Robert Collier, The Secret of the Ages, 1926. It's one of the 160 uh, books, uh, separate books that I quote in my book. And if you think about it, we don't even scratch our noses without first having the desire to do so. So admit to yourself that you want more and that it's okay to have more and then start to move forward. And to me, the most intelligent way to do it is to approach it from the inside out. That is not to approach it from, okay, I need more education or I need to make connections or I need to get in this field, but first setting the foundation, which is I need to get my mind right. I need to get my attitude right. I need to start thinking in a constructive way because I understand now that my thoughts have creative energy and a creative force and ability. And that's where we start. Everything in life, whether it's mind power or anything else, starts first with the desire.
what's the one thing that, because um, I know there's many things I could do, but what's one thing that could prevent people from um, achieving that, achieving their goals? Um, I've got a chapter in the book. Um, it's chapter 18, so it's down the road a bit, but it's called Self-Image. And uh, I'll read a quote from that from that chapter, uh, the quote I opened the chapter with. Um, it's from John K. Williams. He wrote a book called The Wisdom of Your Subconscious Mind in 1964. And what he said was, Your present situation, be it one of prosperity or poverty, of sickness or health, of self-confidence and social acceptance or frustration and failure, is an exact reflection of your self-image. So when we start to look at and be honest with ourselves about what our self-image is, and some of this is subconscious beliefs about ourselves. Sometimes we don't know what those beliefs are directly, but we can know indirectly by looking at how we act and how we are, how other people treat us, which is also, uh, to a large degree, a function of how we see ourselves, because other people tend to see us how we see ourselves. Um, and so it's beginning to be honest with ourselves about what it is our self-image might be based on the evidence. To understand that in order to attract more money and especially to do it on a consistent basis and maintain the increased monetary resources that we create, we need to have the self-image of a person who would be that way. And there's two main functions to that, or two main um, attributes. And one is we need to begin to, and I teach how to do it in the book, obviously, and it involves other um, metaphysical techniques that you learn up until this point. But we need to become, we need to develop our self-images into those of people who are able to attract the money that we want. That's the first prerequisite as far as self-image, is we want to modify and improve our self-image so that we believe that we are actually capable of doing this thing, increasing our financial power. We need to actually come to believe subconsciously and consciously that we are able to do it. It's within the realm of possibility for us to accomplish through our own efforts. And... The second thing having to do with self-image is to begin to see ourselves as people worthy of having the financial resources that we have identified that we want or the you know the income the net worth the career with a certain paycheck or whatever because even if we believe we're able to do it if we don't also believe to a good um a good enough degree that we're worthy of doing, that we're worthy of having, then because of our subconscious beliefs about our unworthiness, we will then be working against ourselves. We will be um, sabotaging ourselves. And in fact, we will cause the universe to sabotage us and to throw wrenches in our works because we're not congruent within our own minds. So, Self-image is uh, its one example of what I teach, that um, this is a very multifaceted understanding. Anyone can start attracting money immediately using just one technique out of this book, affirmation, as an example. Um, but if you don't get your other ducks in a row, 
you're going to continually be having issues, having problems, struggling more than you have to, losing the money you bring in, and things of this nature. But when you approach it from various angles that tend to smooth out each other, um, then you're really getting on something. And which is one reason why uh, I wrote this book. I started it back in 1999. And, you know, the theory is um, not to write about what you know the most, but write about what you most need to know. And so writing this book sent me on another uh, added journey of uh, another nine years of study and writing. Uh, But in this case, focusing specifically on this subject, using all these techniques and principles for the specific purpose of attracting money. And so uh, it's a journey, and it it definitely is multifaceted. And to maintain it and to have it um, uh, go on and to be able to sustain it requires that we do approach it from several angles. Now, is there any limits to what we can do? Within the the realm of human possibility, there really are no limits, and there's examples all around us. Um, people like to use Oprah Winfrey as an example of coming from nowhere and being, you know, um, just beyond anything anyone, including herself, could have ever imagined for herself. I tell people, if anything is humanly possible and you have the basic foundation or skills, in other words, if you're five foot two inches tall as a full-grown man, you're probably not going to, you know, be a NBA basketball star. I mean, it's probably not your thing. Uh, that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. But, you know, like, are you going to be the king of the world or the richest person in the world? Well, somebody is. It's humanly possible. But I don't really teach to to go for those kinds of uh, of goals that are, you know, more or less ridiculous, especially if you're on welfare and all of a sudden you want to be the richest person in the world. But really for practical purposes, uh, approaching this from a uh, logical and um, purposeful and intelligent way, I, the short answer would be no, not really. There are no um, limits except for those that are you know, just inherent in in not be not breaking through whatever reality we find ourselves in. You know, there's the old um, uh, story which uh, a lot of self help teachers tell about the four minute mile, and uh, I haven't heard it for a while, but it was uh, it was known that it was humanly impossible for a human being to run a mile in less than four minutes. It just was not humanly possible. No one had ever done it, and no one could ever do it. Eventually, someone did it, and then all of a sudden, other people started doing it because they knew it now, and then they knew it was possible. So even things that we think are just incredible and beyond possibility can and often are possible for the individual to accomplish. So I, I really do um, advocate thinking big, um, but not too big from the beginning. In other words, there's no reason to go from $25,000 a year paycheck to all of a sudden, you know, $500 million in, you know, three years kind of a mindset or goal. Um, but certainly to be, you know, any part of that, a small part of that, you know, anybody can be a millionaire in just next week. 
you know. I I I teach this is funny. I teach this subject metaphysics. I I give lectures on um attracting money with mind power. I ask this question sometimes. How many people in this room believe that you could be a multimillionaire within say, you know, a week or two or three or a month? How many people in this room think it's possible? in the wildest stretches of your imagination, that you could be a multimillionaire within just a couple few weeks from now or a month. And only a very tiny percentage, like 1% of the people will raise their hands. And then I ask my follow-up question, which kind of floors everyone because they turn white when I ask it, is how many people in this room buy lottery tickets? It's like half of the room in, as, in general terms, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And I tell the people that, you know, you're buying these lottery tickets in the hopes of knowing, uh, in the hopes of winning millions of dollars, you know, this great tens of millions of dollars jackpot. People do it all the time. You hear on the news all the time or you see it on your tickets that somebody somewhere won 50, 80, 100, 200 million dollars. Sometimes it's one person. Sometimes people split the ticket two or three ways. Sometimes two or three people have the numbers, but here you are, and you're in a lecture about how to attract money using mind power, and you buy lottery tickets. Yet when somebody asks you, can you, in the furthest reaches of your imagination, imagine being a multimillionaire two, three, four weeks from now, you say no. And it's just amazing to me. People don't get it. And so they say, well, I studied Think and Grow Rich. How come it didn't work for me? Well, that's why because they didn't have the level of belief necessary. Anything is possible. I want people to know that you can be a multimillionaire three, four weeks from now, even if you don't buy lottery tickets. Something else can happen. The possibilities are infinite, and that's what I want people to know and begin to condition their minds to being open to miracles, open to windfalls, open to the universe paving the way for them. So you just have to have faith and belief. That's the, that's a very, very large part of it, faith and belief. Because if you don't have faith and belief, then you're not going to act in ways and think in ways that put you in the flow of the universe where these types of things can happen for you. So certainly belief. I mean, belief is the second uh, chapter in my book right after um, desire is belief. And uh, if I can use another quote, uh, Claude M. Bristol, The Magic of Believing, 1948. And I open the chapter on belief with this quote. And uh, he says, Belief changes the tempo of the mind or thought frequency. Like a huge magnet, it draws the subconscious forces into play, changing your whole aura and affecting everything about you, including people and objects at great distances. And that's another one of my my fervent messages that I try to give to people and to tell them. I mean, any anybody can tell you. Any self help teacher can say, well, if you you know influence your subconscious mind properly through self talk or uh, whatever they want to call it, um, then you will start to act in ways. You know, subconsciously, your subconscious mind will cause you to act in ways which will support you reaching these goals uh, that this mindset is setting up, whether you're doing affirmations or visualization and different metaphysical techniques. 
Anybody can tell you that, and that's true, and it's very important because it makes us act in ways at the right time, so it's going to bring things to us. But what some people, it, for them, is a stretch is this last part of this quote, uh, affecting everything about you, including people and objects at great distances. And that's the power. That is uh, because, you know, I've been at this for a long time. I've had a lot of wonderful results. I've seen other people get results. And here's what I have come to know, especially in my own life, is that I do a lot. I think, uh, right, you know, I write things down. I do my affirmations and this and that. I make calls. I, you know, do whatever on the Internet as I'm inspired to, as I'm led to, as I learn to. But for all the great things that happen to me, financial and otherwise, there's always more when I can identify it out there in the universe, out there in the world involving other people and events and things of this nature that have also had to happen and that have, from a material viewpoint, have played as an important or even more important part than I played in these situations. So that's that's one of the reasons why mind power is so um, such a force, and that it, why it works so well in the business of attracting and manifesting, and no less so in the business of attracting and manifesting money. And that is because it goes out from you the thought energy, the thought force, and it starts to rearrange things out there that will end up having a play and playing into this vision, this mental construct that, that you are creating. And But I do caution people. I, I like people to understand very clearly that this is not um, um, magic. This is not a form of black magic where we use mind power and incantations and things of this nature. Here's the difference. People who knowingly use mind power on the dark side, which is what I'll call it because it's not good generally for them or for other people, is that they will try to affect and manipulate and govern and control people and situations directly. In other words, individual people. And you know a house that they'll they'll have designs on a house that they want, but somebody else lives in it, and they'll do mental uh, mind power work, incantations, spells, whatever to get that house. See, that's wrong. What we do is we create a generic, a more generic outcome, and we, for the most part, do not figure out or deem how these things are to come about. And what I have found is that. Whenever you sit back and look at all of this that came into play to bring your vision into reality, everyone who was affected in any way, shape, or form was affected in a positive way. Whether or not they thought it was positive, you know, it might have been a lesson they needed to learn. It might have been somebody who was doing wrong who was shown up, so they wouldn't say it's their best interest. But when you look at it from a spiritual perspective and you sit back, you see that nobody suffered because of what you did, and in fact, if anything, everyone gained in some way or another, and it worked out good for all concerned. And and that's one reason why I I advocate the the belief in and the trust in divine timing, because it's, I do teach t 
to set goals, and goals, you know, by definition, do have deadlines. But we are not attached to those deadlines. And the reason is, and sometimes they'll come true, sometimes what we're trying to create will come about within our deadlines, sometimes it won't, we'll have to reset them. But the reason is, is that the universe knows best how to bring things about and how uh, and when that can be done in the in the best possible way for us and for others. So we can determine certain things on our own, but we we don't get attached to them. There's always this underlying consciousness uh, and underlying understanding that it's this, meaning this thing I'm trying to create, or something better for the highest good of all concerned. And so sometimes that's not going to be quite on our own um, time schedule, but it will come about if it's for the good of ourselves and others. Um, It just may take a little longer than we would have chosen, and often that's a good thing. Okay. What's the quickest way somebody could, um, you know, the quickest amount of time that someone could bring money in? Because I know it's all about all the work we do. You know, you can bring in money five minutes from now. Sometimes I get on such a roll that I go out like on my hour walks and I find all this money on one walk. But I'll find I'll find and this is when I, I don't do this every day, um, but I have done it enough to know that I can do it when I want to. But what I'll find is I will go out and I'll just feel like, okay, I want to go down this other street rather than the street I usually go down. And I'll find money on that street. But other things happen. Like all of a sudden, there's a, a one morning I'm thinking of, I found money like four different times. I, if you go out for an hour walk in the average town and find a penny once, that's that's great. I mean, there's no big deal. But if you find money, say, four different times, a penny or two once, a quarter, a dime, in the same walk, this starts to defy the, the uh, laws of averages. But I remember one particular morning, uh, I went down a, a different street and than I usually do when I found money. I don't know if it was a dime or 15 cents or something. I find clumps of money also. And I went down another street, and I was walking down the left side, and I was going to stay on that side all the way to the end and then cross over. But there was a fella coming down the street that um, you know didn't look like somebody I wanted to be passing, so sometimes I'll just go to the other street, the other side. And I did that and found money directly on the other side where I stepped up on the curb. Another time I went into the street just to go around a a car because a man and a dog was coming. So I was just kind of avoiding them and going to get back on the sidewalk. And there was, I don't remember right now what it was, uh, money on the other side of that car that I never would have saw if the dog wasn't there. So the short answer is you can start finding money five minutes from now. You can do affirmations or get a mindset, go for a walk, find money. But um, I tell the story, and if anybody wants to look it up on um, YouTube, uh, there's a little uh, shot of me there. It's about six minutes long, I think, telling this story uh, in a little lecture. And uh, I was um, $10,000 in credit card debt. This was many years ago. I was making very little money. I was riding my bicycle to work. And uh, I wasn't making enough to uh, live on, so I was borrowing money from the cards and had been, and here I am $10,000 in now as a household, borrowing money not only to make up the shortfall for what I needed to live, but to also pay the cards. So, And then, of course, I was you know, trying to 
every time the checks come in and you have a better rate, you know, sometimes 0% or 2%, and then you're moving the money around, and I was playing all these tricks. But really, it was a, a losing game, and it was spiraling out of control. And I thought, you know, I know that I can get out of this, and uh, I've got to buckle down and do it. And so what am I going to do? I've been studying. I had been studying this stuff for, for years already. I had used it. Uh, for many things, including money, but not on a consistent basis, which is what people don't understand. They think just because they know it, it's going to be this way all the way. No, you have to. We're all susceptible to other people's fears and doubts and to what we hear on the news about the economy, and, and it is a daily thing. It becomes a way of life. And I had slacked off, and I was paying the price. But I thought, well, what's the, the most direct way for me to do this? And I thought I'm going to use basically uh, one technique, one metaphysical technique, that of affirmation. And so I went around with and, and you know, re-edited, and, but I finally came up with this affirmation because an affirmation is a statement of what it is that we want, the end result we're trying to bring about, um, as if it's already happened because the subconscious mind has no understanding of time. It basically thinks everything is now. And with no reference to how it came about, because when you start to um, reference how things come about, then you start to restrict the universe. The way you would have said it is one way it can come about, but you want to leave it open. And I came up with this affirmation. All of my credit cards are completely paid off. I didn't put a time on it. I didn't write it down as a goal. I just came up with this affirmation. All of my credit cards are completely paid off, and I started doing it. As soon as I woke up in the morning, as I was going to bed in the evening, riding my bicycle to work, other times during the day, I would do it most, and I still to this day, and I think most people would probably find it best to do most of the affirmations mentally. In other words, you're reciting them in your head. But I did them every day verbally also, especially when I was riding my bicycle to work. I would be you know, saying this, these, these phrases out loud. All of my credit cards are completely paid off. All of my credit cards are completely paid off. And uh, so it, it hundreds and thousands of times. And, you know, in the first day or two, you're thinking, I was thinking, uh, yeah, I just don't see how, you know. But but I had the faith that I knew that this worked. And here's the thing. Within just a couple of days, I really then believed it. I mean, I was living as if this already had happened. I was starting to feel the feelings because I kept affirming. All of my credit cards are completely paid off. And so this went on, it's many years ago, so I don't remember exactly the time frame, but it's about a four to six week period that someone uh, came into my life that I had met, I think once before, I actually knew them through another person, and didn't, so I didn't know them that well or anything. And I was talking about my financial situation, and this person wrote me a check for $10,000 as a gift, not as a loan. As it turned out, that person had just come into many, many tens of thousands of dollars. And their whole life had changed around, and they left where they used to live and all with looking for, you know, where are they going to be now with all of this money? And it, But it was the best situation for them because the situation they came from was a bad situation. But when we looked back... And I started, I, I realized that when I started doing my affirmation is about the time 
things started changing for this person, which ultimately led to them leaving their bad situation, coming into a better situation, and writing me a check as a gift for $10,000. So in that case, you can say how, how fast? Well, four to six weeks. In that case, it was four to six weeks to get out of $10,000 in credit card debt. Another time I used it, um, I used a whole bunch of techniques. It was towards the end of the writing of this book, and I was, uh, as a household, again, this is years later, again, I had let myself get uh, $50,000 as a household in debt. And I ended up quitting my job, which was, you know, on the surface was just um, insane, because it was my only means of support, even though it was so so little, it was just a, a, a very you know low paying job again. And I actually had two six figure windfalls within the next few weeks. And I've never had to work a job again since then. But so there again, how long does it take? Well, it can take just a few months. You can have six figure windfalls. So, you know, the time the timing of it is really up to the universe. Sometimes it happens so fast it makes your head spin. And then again, there's other goals I have, other um things that are really really big that I have uh been working on uh for a number of years that have not yet come about. So sometimes it makes your head spin it so fast and other times, especially when you start getting really big in your desires, then they could take a while. And again, it a large part of this is divine timing it's the time that the universe sees the best way to do this for you and that it will be the best for you not only in your financial or material situation but for your growth understanding and learning also hmm, cool uh go ahead we've got somebody who wants to ask a question about improving their um money in their life Let's fix portal act correctly here. Area code 562, you're on the air. 562. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay. Oh, there she is. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing great there. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Great, you know, thank you. Honey, thank you. Money has been such an issue, and I know a lot of it has to be the respect of the money, but what can you tell me about me? I'm trying. I'm really trying. Anyways, thank you. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry? What's your uh, what's your question on uh, specifically on how to go ahead and bring money into your life? Well, I guess that's what I'm not sure about. Okay. I guess that's exactly it. So. Okay. Any ideas, uh, James, on what she can do to improve um, her money situation? Well, I guess one of the first questions I ask would uh, be. Uh, do you study this subject? Are you into so-called law of attraction and attracting and mind power and things of that nature? Do you study the techniques and principles? Do you know them? Do you understand them? And do you apply I them? I don't study them, and I understand what you're saying. I mean, I get a little scattered, so um, I, 
haven't been probably as committed. No, I, I can say that. I haven't been as committed as I need to be, but it's like almost today was an epiphany for me. It's like my tax guy let me down. My brother let me down. It's kind of like, okay, I get it. Okay, okay. So I had to take control of things. Okay. Right. And, you know, sometimes some of, I mean, my biggest financial demonstrations and miracles have come from my lowest financial points. In other words, I wasn't just broke. I owed tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm so you. Yeah. probably you look at everything that happened today as a positive, as the universe saying, hey, you know, wake up, exercise your power. And if you won't do right. it because you're you're too comfortable, even you don't think it's comfortable, but the universe is saying, well, you must be pretty comfortable if you won't apply yourself to making things better. So exactly. we're going to shake things up a little. You know, and oh, I like yeah. to tell people, even more than the money itself, you will benefit by how you grow through the process of digging within yes. Yes. to apply yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's your first, to me, that's your first step is to get a little bit more serious. If you don't have money to buy books or whatever, there's the library. There's a wealth of information online. Right. And you okay. want to you want to take in some of that information every single day, even if you can only read something for five minutes, because almost everything okay. else you get from everyone else is going to be defeatist. It's going to be negative. Uh-huh. It's going to be uh-huh. a lack uh-huh. consciousness. Do you know that's uh-huh. true? I mean, uh-huh. you can see that. Turn yeah. the TV on, yeah. you see it, right? Yeah. So really, I, what I what I would encourage you to do is to start to feel your power. And to understand that in order to create positive results, you need a positive consciousness, and therefore you have to feed your consciousness from the outside and from within your own mind. In other words, the the thoughts you initiate. Right. Okay. And there's just so many things I could tell you. I mean, that I teach in my book, for instance, I have a there's a technique that I call speaking as if, Uh and that Uh is. To start to speak as if those financial results that you want to see come about either Uh are now or will come about. Right. Because if you speak about what you don't have, that's what you're creating. When we speak, we are actually in the creative process because um, our words add strength to our thoughts. Not yeah. only do they make them known to anyone within uh, earshot, but mm-hmm. they make them more deeply felt and believed and known by our subconscious minds. Yes. So if yeah. if you understand that, you will begin to be very careful about how you speak. I just opened up to the uh, Speak As If chapter. It's chapter 8 in my book. Uh-huh. And uh, here's a, a quote by Julia Seaton. She wrote a book called The Science of Success in 1914. A lot of these books I quote are very old books. And she mm-hmm. said, if we listen to the words of the failure multitude, we will soon learn that by their words they are justified and condemned. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. which means what Absolutely. they are saying is what they are creating. Here's another quote uh, from William E. Town, Health and Wealth from Within, 1909. He said, words constitute a point of focus for creative energy. So when you speak, you are focusing your own creative energy. Yeah. Can, can you yeah. see in your own life how maybe you speak and you have speech patterns that are not supportive of you attracting more money? Yes. 
So it helps. That helps you because you you can you know, identify those. Does, mm-hmm. it, and like I said, today's been an epiphany on a couple different levels, and it's like, okay, okay, I get it. Yes, yeah. And, and yes, thank you. That's that's wonderful. See, you're on your way. It just it just takes that one event or series of events where finally we say, that's it. I'm done with this. Exactly. I'm done with not having enough, and now I'm just going to keep thank moving you. forward. Yeah. You see. Yes. Yeah, and believe I mean, me, you you can have miracles. You know, people order my book, and then they write, or they I hear from them online, and they say, well, this great thing, miracle happened, and I didn't even get your book yet. You know, what a coincidence. Well, it's yeah. not a coincidence. The thing is, no. when you yeah. believe that this stuff works, and let's say you actually order a book about it, you are already uh-huh. doing a lot of what's in the book, a lot of what's in my book, for instance, because you've opened uh-huh. up your mind. You believe that mind power can bring money to you. You believe yeah. more is possible to you. And actually, even without reading a particular book, you can start to have uh, these kinds of results like other people have had. Well, I'm, I'm I'm working on it. I'm, <laughs> you know, yeah, it it's very inspiring to listen to what you're saying, and I so appreciate that because it's like well, good. it it confirms a lot of what I was feeling. It was like I had a total income tax glitch today, right? And you know, I should have listened to myself because a couple of weeks ago I kept feeling something right, something right, right. Something right. And sure enough, I well, found out today I wasn't right. Right. Well, I would like to tell you something that I have not made public knowledge yet, but that is since you want to attract more money into your life and since you are a person who obviously listens to the radio, uh, I am going to be having my own radio show. It's going to be a call-in show, Attracting Money with James Goy Jr., and it's going to start probably towards the end of April. Okay. And it's going to be on sqr.fm. If you go to sqr, that's short for Spirit Crest Radio, .fm, you can you can read about my show. It'll be on Sunday nights. And so I encourage okay. you to call in and to let me know how you're doing and uh, we can help you along your journey. Well, I I appreciate that. Hang on now. I got to get a I got to get a pen. Okay, tell me one more time it was S. Yes, S like Sam. Yes. Q like Queen. Yes. R like uh, Randy. Yes. Dot .fm. Okay. If you just type now, that into your browser, it'll take you to the website. Oh, great. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cuz you know what? It's like I I know this well, maybe I'll sound crazy or maybe not, but I don't want to generate just money for myself, but there's a lot of people around me I'd love to generate money for. Right. Seriously. And that's a big part of it. And that that I teach that in my book too is Part of the attracting process is uh, giving. And when we don't yeah, feel like we yeah. have enough to give, then we're affirming to ourselves that we don't think we'll have enough later either. In other words, I can't give right. this now because I might need it later and I might not have enough. But what does that do? It creates the exact situation we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Exactly. So I am an advocate yeah. of giving um, in a, in a, in a um, you know, a way that is logical and not a way right. that is over extravagant or that you know puts you because I've heard of people that have given all their money away and then they don't have any, so it doesn't quite work well, like that. Yeah, well, that, you, and that's not smart. I mean, that's right. Not but smart. if you give away a healthy um, percentage on a regular basis, you will yeah. find that there's no more, um, you know, of an empowering thing 
that you can do because right. you are constantly affirming to the universe that I have enough, I always have enough, and look, I can even afford to give some because that's I know just, that more great. is going to keep coming in. Right, and that's just like such a great feeling to be able to generate. There's nothing like it in the world. No. What, there's no. there's nothing like no. people, I mean, if people would really get out there and give, whether it's just, I mean, I've, I've me and a friend of mine have just gone out in the car on like Christmas Day, for instance, finding oh. homeless people, handing them money. I mm-hmm. mean, and mm-hmm. do all day doing that. And we've done other things where we've taken things out. And I had one experience one time many years ago where um, we were going to give away, I, I was going to actually sell, we were moving out of state, and I was going to sell um, uh, some valuable things, like a nice bicycle uh-huh. and a guitar right, and things right, of this nature. Right, and right, we were heading right, for right. the, we were going to head for the, um, the uh, you know, the, what do you call it? where you pawn shop, where they pay you for it. Right, and, you know, I right. thought, as soon as I got in the car, I thought, I, I don't, and it was just around Christmas, and I thought, we're not going to get that much for this stuff. Why don't we just give no, it away? You won't. Right, exactly. so why don't we just give it away? And we started driving, and my friend is, is quite psychic, and I've got my own little, you know, tendencies. And right. we both started thinking we knew who was supposed to get the bike. But she kept seeing a, a man, and I kept seeing a boy. And we were having these these flashes, these these uh, uh-huh. ESP type flashes. And well, uh-huh. I had a flash of the the map of the area, and I saw an actual street that I was familiar with, and I knew exactly where I was supposed to go. And to uh-huh. make a long story short, when we got there, and this was many years ago, when we got there, right. and we're driving by the little stretch, it was like a one block uh, stretch of this street in San Diego that I it flashed in my mind. We passed. A, we're passing a fruit stand, and there was uh-huh. a boy handing melons. Um, I mean, there was two men in the back of a flatbed pickup truck handing melons down to a young boy who was about ten or whatever, who was putting yeah. them in shopping carts to bring into the store. Wow! And she yeah. said, "Is is that your boy?" And I said, "I don't know. Is that your man?" Because the, the man was the boy's father, and we had to talk to him yeah. and okay it with him. But we were both right. But the universe actually led us to the boy who we later realized after we left that that he had been praying for a bicycle. And there was no way his father could afford it. And do you know what? Instead of getting, what, 40 or 80 bucks for that bike, uh, which would have been gone you know, 15 years ago or something, sure, we sure, still sure. we still light up. We still just feel those feelings now oh, yeah. as if oh, it yeah. was 15 years ago. So giving, oh, wow. I'm a big, I'm definitely a big advocate. It doesn't have to be just money. It can be time. It can be a smile. It can be whatever you have at the moment. Right, right. Definitely. Right, 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 right. right. Well, thank you. I don't want to take any more of your time. I've got that written down, and thank you so much. I well, still thank you. It. And I hope you'll give me a call on my new show. I will. I definitely Good. will. And, Good. And thanks. And everybody have a great evening. And you helped me a lot because today was like, you know what they all say? It was, today was a big bummer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So Let it be a positive turning a, point. There you go. And thank you. And I will continue to listen. So everybody have a great evening. And I'll listen. And thanks so much. Bye-bye. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank thanks. Bye-bye. That was a great call. Yes. Yeah, yeah Susan, in our chat room, it's just like, oh, I'm going to have to call in. It's like, well, give us a call. Right, exactly. Today was her day, I think, to realize that uh, she's got to do a little more than she's been doing, and she's been prompted to do it, and she's taking action. 
You know, it's a big step just to make that call because, as you know, most people that uh, listen don't call. You know, most just listen. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I should have done that too. And it's like, well, you know. Right. Here we are. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I've got somebody that said, you know, they've tried the affirmations and they tried other things, but they said that, you know, it didn't work and they've given up. And I said, well, after listening to the show, they're going to go ahead and give it another shot. Well, good. Good. I'm very happy to hear that because it does work. It does work, but you, you can't give up, you know. Sometimes people tell you, um, and they actually say this, it's almost a cliche now, but uh, I tried that positive thinking stuff and uh, it didn't work for me. And, and you know what? I knew it wouldn't. <laughs> so they go in uh, really with the intention, not knowing, to prove this thing wrong. Whereas if they would go in to prove it right, then that's what they would get. Yeah, because they're automatically going in with a blockage, so it's, it's right. not going to open up. Was it Henry Ford, I think, who said it might have been him? But I might be wrong with the who I'm attributing this to. But um, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And that's one of the greatest lessons in in uh, in life, I think, is that we as human beings are very often right about how we think things are or how we say things are going to come about, especially for us individually. But what most people don't really get is that they can say whatever they want to say. They can say it's going to work out. They can say it's not. They can say they're going to be successful. They can say they're not going to be. They can say they're going to have the financial resources or they're going to continue to affirm that life is a struggle, always has been, and it's it's probably going to continue to be. And in, in almost all cases, at least in the long term, they are going to be shown to have been right. So maybe a good idea is to decide what you would like to be right about and then make that your foundation, make that your position. Cool. Yeah, I've um, used a little bit of that positive thinking and affirmations myself. Was um, Last year there was a big event locally I wanted to go to, and I said, well, you know, there were two of them. One was, was new. It was the first year doing this event, and it was outdoors. I said, well, you know, I can afford this one. You know, I said, but, you know, there's some things that I need to get business cards and other stuff. I said, well, you know, if it's meant to be, I'm going to get there. And all of a sudden, you know, within a couple of hours, I had all these different uh, reading requests because I, uh, you know, I do readings. And that helped pay for everything I needed for that one event. And I'm like, well, you know, I've got a couple of weeks. I really would like to go to this, this even bigger one where there's tens of thousands of people that will be there. I said, but, you know, this is a lot more money. I said, but you know what? If it's meant to be, I'll end up getting there. And sure enough, I managed to go ahead and get more readings and all to where I was able to go ahead and make it to that event also. Right. Right. That's how it works. That's a great a great example. When we open our minds to the possibility and accept that it's possible, even though we don't see the way right now, um, things just have a way of working out. It just defies logic and reason to the average Joe on the street who doesn't know anything about metaphysics or mind power or positive thinking. But to those in the know, we can just nod and say, well, of course, you see, because that's, that's the way it works. That's definitely the way it works. So what's uh, another uh, technique uh, that people can use to help change the mindset? Well, let's see. Um, well, visualization I did mention before. Um, that is uh, chapter 11 in my book. And for people who, you know, 
don't know exactly what that is or, or have weird ideas about what that is, uh, I'll explain visualization the, the way that I mean for the purpose of attracting money. Because in, in the metaphysical you know, circles, visualization is used for different things, or even in, in medicine or psychiatry, uh, certain vis visualization um, techniques are used for relaxation, uh, for health. You know, the old story about the, seeing the the uh, white blood cells as the soldiers going and killing all the, you know, destroying all of the cancer cells and, and people turn their, their health around. But the way I mean it is uh, basically um, creating images of the th end results that we want to bring about. In other words, like, when, for instance, when we do affirmations, through our words, we are giving rise to images within our conscious minds and also as a direct result of the words and of our own images we come up with consciously, we are giving rise to images within our subconscious mind. And imagery or images, this is the language of the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind deals basically with images and with emotion. So there's a feeling and there's uh, pictures and images associated with it. So when we, um, I'm, I'm looking at the opening page to my quote, my uh, chapter here, and this is the first book that I remember reading. I may have read little bits about visualization before this, um, but this was um, a book called Visualization Directing the Movies of Your Mind, and it was published in 1978, and the uh, authors are billed as Adelaide Bry with Marjorie Baer. And what they said was, through our inner images, our mind is causing what happens to us all the time. Whatever we experience in our lives is the direct result of these images. And so when we consciously visualize, and when I say visualize, I mean really anytime we're forming images in our mind. The average, um, you know, metaphysician or mind power guru or whatever when they talk about visualization there's basically a a protracted kind of a uh relaxation thing maybe some deep breathing lying you know or sitting in a certain position in a darkened room perhaps with no disturbances and that is visualization and doing it in that way is very helpful and can certainly be a part of what we do but what i like people to know is that what about that five minutes or that 20 minutes you're not visualizing in, in your bedroom uh, undisturbed? What about the other, you know, eight, 16 hours, 18 hours a day that there's all these images going through your minds? What are those images? Because you can't overcome day in and day out of negative images with just a few, you know, minutes of positive images because there's, a, there's going to be a battle going on there. You can have some results, but it's not going to be uh, sustainable and it's going to be hard fought and hard won. So I want people to understand that anytime you have images in your, you know, you're walking from one room in your house to the other and you have a thought and an image comes into your mind having to do with that thought, that's visualizing. And anytime we're thinking about and having images of what may come about in the future, then we are definitely firmly within the creative process. We are speaking the language of the subconscious mind directly to the subconscious. We are formulating or giving rise to within the subconscious images of things that may come about. And then we are also feeding it the life force of our energy in the form of emotion.
And what people should understand is that negative emotions are extremely powerful just as positive emotions are. So when we visualize knowingly as a metaphysical technique to create what we want to come about, and we obviously would have you know, um, good feelings about it, feelings of positive expectation, excitement about this thing we want to bring about, well, that's the process. That's the creative process, creating the image and feeding it the life force of human emotion, strong human emotion. But on the other hand, whether or not we understand metaphysical technique, when we think about things that we dread or that we hope don't come about or that we're afraid will come about, and we feed that with our strong emotion, but in this case would be our fear, our fear, and trepidation that this type of thing might come upon us and, you know, oh my, what what will we do then? This is going to be very bad if this happens. And we tend to then obsess about these things. And so the thing to understand is that we're always visualizing, we're always giving rise to vision, uh, to uh, images within our conscious and subconscious minds in one way or another. And we're always feeding these images with the life force they need to help them manifest, which is our human emotion, whether it's positive or negative. So um, visualization um, can and should be uh, at least a part of the mix. It's it's another technique that when we understand those images going through our minds are things that we just may end up seeing if we feed enough life into them then we will um, begin to know that the intelligent thing to do is to start to create within our minds things that we want to bring about. And um, at the last page of each chapter, I have quotes from from uh, other people and um, other books, like I say, 160 other books. Now, some people I mentioned earlier that are very successful in life, um, and that they're on the world stage, you know, they're in the public eye. They know nothing about mind power technique per se, or metaphysical technique, or, and they certainly, uh, whether they've heard of it or not, don't apply it in a conscious way, and they still have results, because if you look at what they're doing, if you look at how they think, if you look at their mindset, if you look at their actions, you'll see that those are the types of things they would do if they did know. But the difference is that when a person who does know the metaphysical end of it, when they have a fall, when they fall from grace, when they lose their fortune, they can build it back. Whereas often the person who did not build on that foundation, who thought it really was who they knew and their father was in the business and the the business cycles and the right idea at the right time, when they don't understand that it's the mind – that is the predominant cause of their circumstances, then those people often cannot climb back up. But some people in the public eye do know, and sometimes from their words, even though they're not teachers of it per se, we can come to understand that, oh boy, so-and-so knows about this. And so uh, one example I'd like to give, which I is a quote out of my book, is from Chuck Norris. And Chuck Norris, the, the famous uh, martial artist and movie star, and, uh, of course, he had the Walker Texas Ranger TV series for a long time, he wrote a book called The Secret of Inner Strength in 1988. And in that book, he said in part, you must always keep a mental image of your goal. 
And in his book, which of course I've read, he talks about how he very early on, when before acting and everything else, when he was just competing in martial arts, where he would visualize the end result before the match would even begin and how he believed that helped him a lot. And another quote I have in here is from Sylvester Stallone. And he wrote a book called Sly Moves, and uh, it was uh, published in 2005. A lot of it was um, it's an exercise and weight training and things like this, but uh, more towards the back there, he's got some, some life lessons and some, some you know insight into things. And what he said was, every day, every few hours, see your vision materializing. So these are two um, prime examples to me of people who have made great, um, had great success in the public eye and who obviously, from their own words, um, actually understand that there is a mental component to it and that they are creating their outer reality to a large degree by what they think and by the images that they're holding in their minds. And um, let's see here. I want to give another quote um, by Genevieve Berend. She wrote a book called Your Invisible Power in 1921, and those who are into these types of studies, uh, many of you have heard of this book, perhaps read it. And she said, we all possess uh, more power and greater possibilities than we realize. And visualizing is one of the greatest of these powers. And again, I believe that is because when we visualize, we are speaking directly to the subconscious in the language that the subconscious understands, in its language. And therefore, nothing gets lost or little gets lost or mixed up in the translation. And so that's just another example of a extremely powerful metaphysical technique that even if that's all a person did, they just picked this one technique to work on, they would start seeing um, results. They would start seeing. I remember one time, to give an example of this, this was many, many years ago, decades ago, probably close to 30, I guess, 25 years ago. <clears throat> and, and I was... <clears throat> I had my own little business. It, well, I was a little hauling service. I was a one-man operation, and I uh, had a eight-foot bed, uh, 1964 Dodge pickup truck, and it had wood sides on it. <clears throat> and I would do hauling jobs. I ran an ad in the paper every day, and I would also go around to, um, like, I, I had a few clients, like real estate agents or whatever, when they would have a house that becomes vacant or whatever, I'd go clean it out, things like that. But I had um, read about visualization, and I decided to use it to better my business or to make more money. And so I thought, well, what's the best way to go about this? And I thought, well, here's what I'll do. You know, it was like once a week, I think, or something, because some people would pay in cash, some people would pay by check. And so I forget what the exact timetable was. It might have been once a week or whatever, uh, maybe twice because it's so long ago, that I would go to the bank with my checks. I wouldn't go every day. It wouldn't make sense. You know, you have one check or two, and then there's gas and everything. So probably averaged about once a week. And so I came up with this visualization, and I would actually do the relaxation. I would lay in my bed. I like laying down better than sitting. And I would close my eyes, and I would see myself at the counter of the bank with what I could feel and see looking down at the counter 
and I saw myself turning the chicks over, signing them in the presence of the teller, as you're supposed to do. But there was a whole bunch more checks than I normally have. And so I started doing this visualization, and right away I started doing it, you know, in the morning, in the evening, and in the day I would have these little pictures in my mind, or if I was home in the afternoon I'd close my mind, my eyes for a few minutes and I would do this. And some very interesting things happened. Now, I thought that, okay, if I see myself with more checks, that means I'm going to have more business because I'll get more jobs to get those checks, and therefore I'll make more money. That's what I thought in my conscious mind. But I didn't muddy up my visualizations with that. My visualization was basically being at the bank with all these checks. But then all of these things happened within like a two-week period. And one was... And this was amazing to me, and I noticed it right away. Almost no one was paying me in cash. In other words, I was getting more checks as a percentage than I'd ever gotten before. That's number one. Number two, I started getting checks in the mail. I remember I got one from my grandmother. I got one from another family member. I don't I don't remember if it was my father or my mother. I got a, a um, refund that I didn't even know I was I was due or that I was supposed to have. And another thing that happened is that I don't remember now what they were, but things came up a couple of times where I would normally would have gone to the bank and I wasn't able to make it. So all of these different types of things happened to when I finally got to the bank and I looked standing there looking down and I thought, oh, my God, this is this is it. This is my vision. This is my visualization. I'm standing here and I'm looking down. I got the pen in my hand and I got this big stack of checks. So did it increase my business? Yes, I did actually get more business also. I mean, I was very busy for those two weeks. But not only did I get more business like I thought was going to be the way, but I got more checks than usual, and I got unexpected uh, checks through the mail. And so, again, this is another reason that I teach, and many uh, teachers of this teach, um, not all, by the way, some teachers uh, I've heard or read over the years say that you should know specifically, you know, how you're going to accomplish a thing. You know, I'm going to make X amount of money in X amount of time, and here's how I'm going to get it. You know, I'm going to sell X amount of insurance policies or whatever. But um, others, including myself, teach to not be concerned with the how. Our job as creative beings working in harmony with the universe is to decide what it is we want and to create that as a very definite powerful vision and reality in the in the mental realm and then let the sure we'll have ideas like i thought you know i thought i knew okay i'll get more business and that's how this will happen yes that was one component but when we don't limit it we see that so many other things the universe has so many other ways to um, bring about uh, your vision and so and another thing i want to point out though which is a, a great teaching in itself now that i think about it is that the universe doesn't really care so much why you're doing something as it does the thing you're trying to do. In other words, my um, thought was I want to increase my income. I want to have more business. Not necessarily I want more people to start paying in checks than cash because that in itself didn't make me any more money. But the universe wasn't concerned with making me more money. The universe was concerned with giving me more checks because that's what my end result was. So it did work out in my favor. I did make more money, but the universe also used ways 
that didn't increase my business, number one, like money from family or whatever, uh, and also number two, that just was, you know, from Peter to Paul. It wasn't cash, it was a check, and here you are. You wanted a big stack of checks, here they are. So when people really get how literal the subconscious mind is and how literal the universe is, it's it's really a mechanism, it's a machine, then it gives you a whole new respect and a, and a whole new understanding of how this really is as much an art as it is a science and should be approached uh, in that way. Cool. Uh, we're going to take a short break for just a moment. So we've covered visualization, verbalize, accept it that it will be and that it is. And when we get back in a few moments, we'll talk about some uh, other techniques to help everyone out.
Hi, James. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Like I said, we just uh, you know, we had covered some visualization, some verbalizing it, and accepting it. What's um, a, another technique that people could use? Well, I'm going to talk a moment about something um, that most people might not think of as a uh, mind power technique, but it has to do with environment. And I believe that uh, people don't give enough um, of a thought to or have a great enough understanding of how environment fits into this whole concept of attracting and manifesting the life that you want, including the finances. And what I want people to know is that, uh, and I have an actual chapter, it's chapter 12 in the book, it's called Environment, that their environments, and I consider your environment what you see and hear basically on a regular basis. In other words, your home would be part of your environment, your car, your desk or locker at work or at school, um, the TV that you watch, the radio that you listen to. T- these are all elements of your environment. And there are a couple of reasons why environment is so important. Number one is by looking at our environment, we can get a real solid sense of our mindset, of how we think and feel and how we image, because our environments are in a very real way a reflection of our inner mental processes. Not only do through um, our thinking and feeling and imaging do we create environments, in other words, we materially hands-on create the environments that we end up dwelling within and, and living in, but we are also attracted to environments that already exist that are in line with, uh, on a frequency level, those things that we're thinking about. So, And this is, this is a, a basic understanding in metaphysics that the inner person creates the outer circumstances. It's what goes on within that creates what goes on outside. But here's a part of it that some people don't give enough thought to, even if they do understand this other part, is that not only do we create our environments by what we do internally, but then our environments in turn create us. They reinforce what's going on inside of us. They feed what we have created because those things we see and hear on a regular basis become what we believe is reality. So these things are there in part, or we are aware of them and in their proximity in part because of how we thought and believed. But now that we are here, our environment, whatever aspects of it may be, is now reinforcing what we have created or what we have been drawn to or what we we have in fact um, traveled to and sought out. And it becomes a closed loop. And that's why the average person, if you look at their life from decade to decade to decade, there's often not, you know, great changes. Now, there are changes when person, you know, let's say someone goes to college to become a doctor, 
Well, this, obviously, they have the desire to do this. They're studying to do this. They're visualizing without knowing it um, and affirming that they're going to be a doctor. They see themselves as doctors. So, obviously, they go from poor college students to 30 years down the road successful and wealthy uh, physicians or whatever it may be. But if you look at the process, you can see how it was created, whereas other people, they – just take whatever job they get out of high school. Some people don't have an education of a specific field that they've identified early in life. And if you look at people like this 10, 20, 30 years later, they're often in the same type of job, you know, maybe with a little more seniority or, or maybe they're a supervisor now or whatever, but they're in the same basic realm. They're associating with the same basic um, class of people and uh things haven't changed a whole lot. And so when we begin to reorganize our thoughts, we will see that our environments will start to reorganize in ways that are in line with our new thinking. Because at its core, mind power is all about organization. And specifically, it's about organizing our thoughts and our feelings and our images to be in line with the outcomes we would like to create. So we understand this and we create and begin to recreate in our minds the environments that we would like to see. We start to exercise our God-given um, and our inborn ability to do that. Again, here's another point that some people overlook because it's it's very kind of sly and hiding right there under the surface uh, and without giving it some thought most people would not come to this conclusion on their own I would say and that is that not only and and experience will prove this out anyone can prove it to themselves and it's it's such an amazing thing and that is this not only by reorganizing our thoughts will our environments start to become more organized um, you know, more harmonious to what we are trying to uh, create. And by the way, uh, Chapter 12 is on uh, environment and Chapter 13 is on organization. So these really do go hand in hand. So not only when we start to reorganize our thoughts for this purpose of attracting money, will we find our environment starting to um, reshape itself, refashion itself into one more conducive with bringing these things about. But when we directly work on our environment physically, whether it's cleaning out your garage, getting rid of your old uh, records that you don't need anymore, pulling your finances together and organizing them. These are all parts of your environment. What you'll find is that when you start to organize your environment itself, the physical environment, that that will then cause you to start to think in a way which is more in line with the environment that you now find yourself in. It's an amazing thing, but anyone can prove it to themselves. And everyone knows that if they've ever, you know, cleaned out their closet, for instance, and got rid of all the clothes and shoes they haven't worn for a year and given them to to um, uh, the Goodwill or whatever, thrift store or something, um, everybody who's done that knows the great feeling of freedom and relief that comes from that. So that this is a small example of how doing something physically can have a profound effect. It can free up our minds and open us up to refill those spaces that had 
things that were unusable that now have been released back into the human element to be used by people that will appreciate them. And the middleman, you know, is usually some kind of organization helping people. But this creates new space for new things to come in. Something as simple as cleaning out and organizing a kitchen drawer will actually help you and cause you, without any other thought than cleaning that drawer, drawer, to start to think in a more organized way. It's it's fascinating. It seems beyond belief. It doesn't seem like it to the average person that it would work like that, but that's how it works, and anyone can prove it to themselves. And that's why I teach to approach the subject of environment and organization from both directions, because that's how we can be most powerful. The first direction we approach it in is mental, emotional, and having to do with our images. In other words, we get our inner environment and the organization of it in line with what we're trying to bring about. But the other way, which reinforces the environment and helps to create it, but the other way is to work on the environment itself, Clean off your desk at work. You know, organize that locker. Clean out your trunk. Get your paperwork in order. And by doing that, you'll find, if you are receptive and watch for it, that your thoughts, you just find yourself thinking more streamlined, more purpose-driven, more productive, more goal-oriented, because that's now the environment that you're in, which is conducive to that, which actually becomes the cause of that happening. And if you approach it from both angles, inwardly and outwardly, each reinforcing the other, it is a very powerful combination. Um, And a lot of people, they have wonderful results with metaphysical techniques, and they don't even really have a full understanding of this or really do it. That just really speaks to how powerful the other techniques are, not how inconsequential these techniques are. If, If they work on environment and organization, in as diligent a way as they work on their affirmations, for instance, they will find that this reinforces everything else they're doing um, to a very great degree. And, you know, just think about it. It doesn't matter how much other mind work you're doing. Uh, You're doing visualization and you're doing, um, you know, affirmations and you're thinking as if and speaking as if and acting as if and these other techniques. But if you are continually living in squalor or you're you're always around unseemly elements of society or, you know, everything you see reinforces um, the poverty vision, then that is going to be, you know, sooner or later something has to give. Either that vision is going to take over and you're going to lose heart, really, and not fight for what you're trying to create, or you're going to hold on to that vision and do something about it physically long enough to where that starts taking over and the other one starts falling away. But um, I tell people uh, with my book, for instance, it's, you know, it approaches this subject of of uh, money and finances and attracting money from from many angles, and to be a true, um, what what I would think of as a as a mind power um, practitioner to a high degree. Once you understand these things, like once you hear about this environment and organization thing, and and you believe it, and you see the 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 um, that it could work. You know, you see the sense of it all, um, and then you don't do it, then you're always going to know you're not doing it. 
See, once you know, then you know, and you're not going to forget that you know. So I like people to know because then it puts them on the spot. And the thing is, this isn't as hard as, I mean, how hard is it to clean a drawer? How hard is it to get rid of uh, three-year-old uh, electric bills or whatever the case may be? It's not hard. It's just understanding the importance of it, making it a priority, putting it on your to-do list or whatever, and doing it. And this is just one more way. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm looking at the opening chapter here on uh, organization, the opening quote. This is Chapter 13. And I love this little book. Uh, a lot of people out there have probably heard of The Game of Life and How to Play It. It was first published in 1925 by uh, Florence uh, Scovel Shin as the author. And what she said was, and keep in mind uh, the women out there, that back then when they said men, of course, they meant all of us, but uh, they usually said men. But if you wish to be rich, you must be orderly. All men with great wealth are orderly, and order is heaven's first law. And I just love that. Order is heaven's first law. Because if you think about heaven, if you think about creation, if you think about nature, these things tend to be, even though to the untrained eye things can look chaotic, things in the universe actually are orderly. And they they have a way of self-regulating. In other words, um, the one example I, I read years ago is that um, if you have an overpopulation um, of rabbits, for instance, and let's say that the snakes, there's an indigenous snake that eats rabbits, well, with the food supply being so prevalent and so bountiful, then the population of snakes starts to grow because there's so much food for it to eat. But as this happens, the snakes start eating up all the rabbits and the food source starts to dry up and now there's less rabbits and so there's less food and so once again, there's less snakes. And uh, I'm looking at some other uh, quotes here. And uh, Harry Lorraine, in a book called Secrets of Mind Power in 1961, he said, the fastest, most efficient, easiest, and best way of doing anything, including thinking, is the organized way. And um, Marcus Aurelius, in a book called Meditations, written in the second century, he said, it is your duty to order your life well in every single um, act. And then here's another one I like. It's from Iyanla Van Zant. Uh, she wrote a book called One Day My Soul Just Opened Up in 1998. That was published. And she wrote, uh, the order of the physical environment is a reflection of the order or state of the mind. So not only can we get a good glimpse into our minds by looking at our environments, because the state of our environment is a good reflection of the state and orderliness of our minds, but we can also work on that environment directly to start to change our thoughts. And for the average person, that might be easier in the beginning, you know, because sustained focused thought is something that, you know, we find foreign in many ways. You know, we're, we're always uh, the average person in modern society is wants to be entertained, you know, and even the, the various uh, shows that we watch, um, they give us tiny little bits of things and they know that it has to be exciting and they have to hit you quick and then they have to give you another story right away of the newest you know 
uh, Hollywood movie star in rehab or whatever the thing may be because they know that we don't think for ourselves and that our attentions will wander if if they let them. And so they, they capture them and they keep uh, taking control of it. Well, we need to take control of our own if we want to create our own reality. And so I think that uh, it helps us to understand that um, order and um, simplicity. Well, here's a quote from Henry David Thoreau that I have in the, in this chapter um, on organization, and he wrote, of course, Walden in 1854, and it's simply simplicity, 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 exclamation point. And so that's another uh, thing I can point out is that some people think they assume that if you want to attract more money that you want, you know, bigger houses and you want a fleet of, you know, exotic cars in a six-car garage and you want... Uh, a membership at the at the golf course and all of this. It can be these things, but it doesn't have to be. And uh, I myself am a proponent of uh, simplicity. You know, money is very um, uh, liquid. Cash money in the bank or in liquid a- uh, investments is a very high vibration of energy. It can be moved and converted into other forms virtually at will on any given day of the week or certainly any business day. Whereas when we start getting into heavier vibrations like houses, like cars, like boats and planes and personal jets and things, you can have these things. But just understand that there is a cost. It's your consciousness that's holding that together. It's your consciousness that brought it into uh, your experience and that must maintain it. So I do like people to know that when you have the money that you want to have, um, for me, it's mostly the freedom it gives me. It's not really the things. Um, is to live your life the way you want to live it, not the way you think a person that has the amount of money you have should live. Because if you live in that way, you'll never be happy, you'll never be fulfilled, and you won't be genuine. You won't be being yourself. And so money and things are not the same. And just because we uh, attract a lot of money to ourselves doesn't mean we have to uh, live like other people in that uh, same economic level live. It's a it's a personal choice. But from a spiritual angle, the the simpler way is almost always the best way, in my opinion. Cool. Okay. So basically, we're almost like we're talking about the law of attraction. Um, basically, you know, the law of attraction, as as they teach it, it is uh, it's a the three step process that we're all familiar with by now: uh, ask, believe, and receive. And um, asking is basically getting clear on what what it is that you want. Deciding uh, that can be writing it down or anything that does help you get clear on it. Believing that it's already yours. Um, and that speaks to subconscious belief because uh, if something isn't actually ours, we know that it's not in the material realm. Um, but we come to believe certainly on a subconscious level that it is already ours because that's the only way the subconscious can believe. And then receiving is the, the third of the three, ask, believe, receive. And that is basically um, feeling now the way that you would actually feel if you had these things or this thing, or this amount of money, or whatever it is that you're trying to create. So it's a very powerful process, and uh, certainly my book does encompass 
all of what they say the law of attraction is, which is basically ask, believe, and receive. I think that sometimes, and a lot of people say that they, they haven't gotten results with that. I believe that although it is uh, extremely valid, I can't argue with any of it. It's all true. And I, in fact, teach all of that as a part of what I do. But I feel that most people who feel that they are, um, you know, so-called practicing the law of attraction are not doing some other things that are very important. And that's why I don't call myself a law of attraction teacher. Because although what I teach encompasses the law of attraction, it is not only the law of attraction as it is commonly known and accepted to be, this very simple ask, believe, receive process. Uh, in my mind and in my experience and um, for what I have done and observed, there is more to it. There's more to it. There's, you know, And some people who teach the law of attraction will mention to speak properly or things of this nature. But I feel that a lot of times it's not given enough attention. And that's why I gave specific uh, chapters. I mean, just reading the chapters of my book, uh, Desire, Belief, Expectancy, Money Mindset, which is a whole understanding in itself, Money Goals, Think and results, think and feel as if, speak as if, activist, affirmations, visualization, environment, organization, laws of money, intuition, which is a very important factor we haven't gotten into, plans, right livelihood, self-image, personal energy, and radiate financial increase. That's uh, the 20 chapters of my book. So certainly the law of attraction is encompassed within this, but I think I shine a more sustained uh, and focused light on certain areas that usually are not given what I would think of as enough attention, such as, for instance, the ones we just talked about, uh, environment and organization. I think people need to understand and be a little more clear about just how important that is uh, and some of these other things, speaking as if and things, so that they can really approach this from a a holistic point of view, from a well-rounded point of view, and from every angle, so that their words are not undermining what it is they're trying to ask, believe, receive. And so that their environment is not continuing uh, to drag them down or to hold them in place because of the people they associate with, the things they they read or hear, and the environments they habitually uh, remain in. Uh, and a lot of times it's through choice because they don't really understand. You can ask. In other words, you can know what you want. You can come to or try to come to believe that it's true, Um and you can also start to feel what it will be feel like to have that happen. That's the law of attraction. A lot of people say they're doing that and haven't gotten results. But what they don't understand is how much are you actually focusing on that in a given day? 20 minutes, one hour, two hours? I mean, how how well are you really able to sustain that type of a consciousness? And now ask yourself, how many hours are you outside of that? How many hours are you in a negative uh, environment? Are you in environments of lack? How many hours of that are you around people who are always pulling you down, who are telling you that you can't do this or how bad things are or why this or that won't work out? The money the money mindset is another uh, concept that I teach, and it's basically any all of your thoughts and feelings um, and images having to do with money in any way, and that includes yourself and other people. Um, but here's the thing about the money mindset is that it has to be at least 
51%, ideally much more, and if you follow what I teach, it will be, but ideally at least 51% positive. Because if it's not at least predominantly positive, then you're you're simply not gonna you're gonna get the results because you're creating lack and loss more than you're creating um, gain and abundance. And so um, I think that's one reason, really, why people become so excited when they read my book. I mean, people have given this book to. Um, like there's a um, restaurant manager in New Jersey who manages 20 restaurants in his uh, territory. He gave one to all of his managers. Another woman is a real estate agent who runs an office, gave one to all of her agents. People give this book as gifts, I've heard, to their mothers, their sons, their daughters, everything in between. And even people who read this book and have never read metaphysics before get excited about it. Because, you know, you can read this book in, in one or two sittings. I mean, you can sit down and read this in just one short uh, sitting if you choose to. And you come out the other end, even if you never read anything like this before, you come out at the other end after one sitting with a solid understanding of what I'm saying, of how this works, of the the theory behind why these things work. And the amazing thing is, you know, for a book that's this short, to have... 160 quotes from 160 different authors is quite unheard of. I mean, I've never seen a book this short that wasn't a quote book, you know, a book of quotes that has 160 books from 160, uh, I mean, 160 quotes from 160 authors. The reason I have the quotes, so many quotes, and the reason why I end each chapter with seven quotes and I start each chapter with a quote is because the first quote opens the mind of the person. In other words, this isn't just something I'm saying. It's not something I'm making up. It's not a theory that I came up with. It's something that has been taught uh, by a select few and understood by a select few for, for thousands of years. And so the first quote kind of opens their minds, even if this subject is new to them. And then they read about the concepts and counsel, and then they read my simple steps of things they can do, you know, making a list or writing out a three-by-five card uh, with an affirmation on it or whatever it is. And then the last page of each chapter is what others have written. And that, I, I purposely did that because I wanted people to not only understand this, and I wanted not only to write a book for people who study metaphysics and who already know this is true and just need some guidance. I wanted people to be able to read this who never read anything like this before to not only be able to understand it, but to believe it. And that, from what I hear back, is what the, the quotes accomplish. Because when you see people that, that you um, know of and respect, like, for instance, I gave the examples of Chuck Norris and Sylvester Stallone earlier. There's others in here. I mean, you know, Thoreau and William James and Ben Franklin, and there's so many in here that we all know, we all know their names, who have said things along these lines. Uh, and then anyone who is into um, metaphysics and things, um, you know, Maxwell Maltz, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, and books like this that are just classics in this self-help field, um, they all are saying the same thing. And the reason they're saying it is because that's the way it is. And so that's a very exciting thing about my book is that people recognize 
that um, because a lot of people they're kind of like the black sheep of the family. They study metaphysics they have for many years, and but nobody else in the family really understands them. And this is a book they feel that they could give to that family member or that loved one who never really has understood this subject, who hasn't had the patience or the interest to read dozens and dozens of 200 and 300 pages of books over a, a period of decades, you know. But they can certainly sit down and, you know, spend an hour or two reading one book, one very easy-to-read book, and if they do, they'll be sold. They'll be sold by the end of the book. They will understand something they never understood, and they will actually believe that this is true, and then, of course, they'll start to apply it. Because there's no way you can read this book and not, even without consciously saying, okay, I'm going to write affirmations or whatever, there's no way you can read it and then ever think, exactly the same as you used to before. It's not going to happen. Because you have such a greater understanding of your possibilities and your abilities, and you also have a greater understanding of how the way you're thinking is creating what you're getting. And so even without trying, you're, you're going to find yourself um, thinking in a more constructive way and therefore getting more constructive uh, results. So to me, that's, you know, I designed it. To, for this purpose, I wanted it to have a certain effect, and uh, so it wasn't like a surprise to me, but I'm still um, amazed by it because I hear from people that, you know, they say this and that, and I'm like, in my own mind, I'm saying, well, that's exactly what I wanted you to think, and I, and I had that thought 10 years ago to write a book that would make people think that or say that, and, and uh, that's the result I'm getting from it. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people in the metaphysical also believe that our life is predestined from before we get here, and, you know, uh, what if you decided before we got here to be poor, not have any money? How could this still work? Well, uh, as far as being predestined, you know, um, like, uh, that that is one theory, obviously. And I, I, I wrote something one time, I forget how exactly how it went, but even though I realize I'm creating my life as I go along because I can put a new cause into effect and see a new result in the, in the short or long term, it sure does feel like destiny. In other words, it has a feeling of destiny. But um, for people who are locked into something uh, regarding predestiny and they think that they you know, came here to be poor, to learn something in that lesson or to repay a karmic debt or whatever, people have uh, different understandings of why that would be. I would um, direct them to read a few books on quantum physics, because in quantum physics, which uh, you know, I will warn people, it's it's thick reading. Even books, and I'm a big reader, but even books that I've read from quantum physicists and others who say this is a book for the layman, well. To me, it still sounds like it's a book written, you know, written for another scientist because they they go into all the experiments and how they drew their conclusions and things. But basically, uh, quantum physics and quantum physicists in the in their laboratories, quantum experiments, have uh, been proving what the mystics have been saying all along: is that we create as we go. Uh, we're not separate. The observer and the observed are not separate. We're a part of it. All is consciousness, all is energy, and therefore we create just by the mere act of of, observe, of observing. It's called the observer effect in metaphysics. We cannot observe a thing without 
materially affecting it in some way, even ever so slightly, by the mere fact that our consciousness has come into contact with it. The other thing I'll say, though, is that people think that, well, you wrote a book called How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. You must think that everybody should be rich, like this is the ideal thing. And it's really not about that because if you know, some people don't need money. Some people um, have such a force, uh, like let's say a Mother Teresa or something. They don't need money in their own hands, yet they can actually cause so much money to be channeled in the directions that their mind goes and that their mind um, would like to see it going. There's nothing wrong with um, with not having a lot of money. If a person is happy and they feel that's their lot in life or they've resigned themselves to it and they've made their peace with it and they like it, in other words, it's got a certain freedom of its own because a lot of times when you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of worries either. You know, a lot of rich people do have a lot on their plates. They have a lot that they have be, to be concerned about. But where where I step up and say, let's take another look at this, is when people do want more money. They're poor, but they do want more money. And then I say to them, well, let's, you know, if they say, well, I'm predestined to be poor. My whole family was poor, and it's godly to be poor, and this and that. Um, but yet I still want more money. And I tell them, well, let's take another look at this, because for you to ever truly be happy, one of two things has to happen now. You've put yourself in a position that here you are. One of two things has to happen for you to be happy and fulfilled. Number one is you have to stop wanting more money. In other words, you have to actually resolve yourself to this is your lot in life and to be happy with it and not to desire any more. Number two is if you don't stop desiring anymore, then you should see if it actually is within your creative mental ability to create some more. It doesn't have to be $100 million, but it can at least be more to get you in a slightly, you know, to get you out of a crime-ridden area of town into a, a more safe area of town, to get you out of the clunker that breaks down twice a month trying to get yourself to work to a car that's dependable. You see, so but you'll never be happy any other way. If you want more and can never have it, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never be happy. If you don't want more, then that's going to be okay. But it is so inherent within individuals, within human beings, to want to better themselves, to want to grow. I mean, if you think about all of the things that having more money makes possible that aren't possible when you don't have the money, we can see that money is actually a very powerful tool. So I would really ask people to to reassess and redetermine um, what is true. You know, what is really true about predestiny and about um, your lot in life and about what you want. And if what you want is more, then I think you're here to discover some of your own power by creating more of um, of what it is that you want. And um, here, here's a quote by Wallace D. Waddles. He wrote a book called The Science of Getting Rich in 1910. And this is um, the chapter on radiate financial increase. And many people familiar with The Secret that um, Rhonda Byrne uh, basically spearheaded the movie and then the book um, will be familiar with Wallace Waddles because uh, The Science of Getting Rich is the book that that sparked her on, that motivated her to bring this great secret, quote-unquote, which is the law of attraction, 
uh, to the masses. And uh, here's a quote from Wallace Waddles, Wallace D. Wallace, and I open this chapter with it. And it, he says, increase is what all men and all women are seeking. It is the urge of the formless intelligence within them seeking fuller expression. And I believe that almost universally that is true. Even people with billions of dollars want more money. And the proof is that they still work, you know, 20-hour days or 16-hour days when they don't have to. They never have to work again, yet they do work and they do create new businesses and new new empires. Um, and certainly the person in the third world country who doesn't even have clean water, you know, uh, or shoes for their children and sleeps on a dirt floor or whatever, certainly they want more. And everyone in between wants more. It's it's a very rare human being who does not want to better their lot in life in some way that a, a greater financial resources could directly help them do that. And so that's that's what I would tell a person is to um, be honest with yourself. And if you really don't want more, then that's fine. No, it's not anybody's business to tell you you need more. But if you do want more and you've been wanting more, then to go on wanting and wanting and wanting is not getting you anywhere. And there's the old saying of kill it or cure it, you see. And sometimes when you get what you thought you wanted, it's not what you thought anyway. You know, people who have never had, uh, say, six figures in one lump sum, when they they think they have this this vision of what that is, but when you get it, you realize, oh, it's not it's not what I thought. You know, this isn't freedom. I mean, when you look at low interest rates and inflation and the cost of living and this and that, it's like people think, oh, if I had $100,000, I'd be free, but that's rarely the case. So it's all about getting more clear, I think, and getting honest with yourself and uh, seeing what's true for you. Um, and certainly, uh, again, about pre predestiny, I think that there can be, you know, we can identify things that we did come into to learn um, and basic themes that we're here to experience. But if it was all predestiny, there would be little need, little purpose to life, really, some people would say. Like, it doesn't matter what I do anyway. It's all predestined, therefore, why try? Why wake up in the morning and, and go for that uh, that run every single morning trying to lose the extra 40 pounds or something? It's all predestined. It's my lot in life to be fat. And if we all thought like that, then we'd be in pretty sorry shape um, individually and collectively, I think. So I'm always challenging people to to kind of reframe what what it is they think to be, and see if not if there's not a, another way to look at it, and one that might be more conducive to uh, to creating more for themselves or what they might like to have. So that then uh, comes into uh, the free will part. Then you, you can change anything, even if you believe it's predestined. Exactly. Exactly. If the, if there was no free will, uh, there is. <laughs> it'd be hard to imagine, but there is a very definite um, appearance of free will. You know, because we wake up in the morning and we can decide to get out of bed or not get out of bed. Someone on a diet or on the wagon can decide to have that drink. You know, after three months, and blow it all, or to have that piece of pie after they've been on a a diet. You know, and they're trying to lose some weight. Um, though these are choices that are made in the moment, and so free will is very evident 
um, it, it's, you know, unless we're some kind of machines on automatic that think we have free will and really don't, uh, the appearance of free will is certainly there, and the results of taking those actions are. And we've all experienced times when we've had that piece of pie and we haven't had that piece of pie, uh, or whichever road we went down, and then we experienced the results of that, good or bad. So for all practical purposes, um, meaning how it affects us in our lives, um, free will is a factor. And we can overcome um, just about anything through that, because as quantum physics, again, teaches us, uh, the observer and the observed are not separate, and observation in itself is a creative act, and we create based on how we see things. In other words, how we frame them and what our beliefs and expectations are about them. And uh, again, it, it gives people so much more power, um, access to so much more power than they might have believed they had before, but it also gives them now a greater responsibility to use that power um, responsibly. And, you know, it puts a person in a position where they can't just blame fate or the economy or heredity uh, anymore, where they realize that if, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me and, and that they can change things and that there are no uh, excuses that will hold water for very long because um, we can overcome any seeming um, limitations and we can create what we want to create. We can give what we want to give and we can become what we want to become financially and in other ways once we understand it's possible and once we begin to apply the known methods of getting there well before we run out of time where can everyone uh, get a hold of you what's your website okay the best address right now and it's very easy to remember is attractmoney.biz that's attractmoney.biz, and from there that will lead them to everywhere else. I encourage people to join me on Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And, of course, my book is uh, How to Attract Money Using Mind Power by James G.O.I. Jr., and it's available from Amazon uh, and to anywhere else where books are available online or you can order it locally. And it's also available in ebook form now, Kindle and uh, ebooks like that. And if anybody wants to just pick up the phone and order the book, they can call 1-877-BUY-BOOK. And that's a toll-free number, 1-877-BUY-BOOK, and the book will be shipped to them within 24 to 48 hours. Well, good. Well, it was a lot of fun having you here tonight. Yeah, Learned this was great. Lot. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And I love these uh, these longer interviews. Sometimes, you know, an interview is 15 minutes, an hour at the most, a half hour. But when you get two hours like we have tonight, you really get uh, time to, to get into these subjects. And so it's very enjoyable for me also. Well, good. We'll have to have you back again soon to uh, continue this topic. Sure. I'd love that. Thanks. Well, you have yourself a wonderful night, James, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Uh, Reverend Michael, and we'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Yes. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody. Oh, it's been such a wonderful evening. And don't forget, tomorrow night, tune in. It's um, I don't have the page up, and I think because they were doing ads and all that speak to you and all that. But uh, check up on there. You'll get a reminder for tomorrow night's show. And um, don't forget, go to karmaka, K-A-R-M-A-C-A, store.com, and you'll learn a little bit more about what Karmaka is. There's more information on the website since yesterday. It's something you can take with you. You could wear it, or you could just leave it at home. It loves the sunshine. You can use it, bring it to the beach with you. Likes going out for moonlight walks. 
and doesn't mind getting dirty every once in a while. I know everyone's saying, you're a tease, you're not telling us anything. Well, yeah, I am, but it will change your life the way that you have it now. And it's called Karmica because it's Karma Catcher, C-A for Catcher. So it's going to help with your karmic debt. So until tomorrow night, everyone. Have fun. Be safe. Don't forget to visit the, uh, the website. You can find out more information and know that you are loved because God loves you and so do I. <laughs>